MP, it's our final event of the year. Oh, it's all a bit sad, Bretto, but after four big events for 2018, we are going out with a bang with one more wellness base camp, and the location for this one is regional Victoria, the great town of Bendigo awaits. Oh, and how's this for a lineup, MP? Bendigo will be rocking with the rock star of wellness, Damien Christoph. The art of self-love angel herself, Kim Morrison, hits the stage. As will the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe. And I'll tell you what, Steph's presentation at the summit on fasting was a showstopper. You'll be there, Bretto. I'll be there too. And Wendy Stewart from Wendy's Way will be there to share her inspirational story, which really did go off at the Wellness Summit earlier this year. It's Saturday, October 27 at the beautiful All Seasons Resort Hotel in Bendigo and tickets are selling fast. Two for one tickets for this one day of inspiration, information and empowerment are available at thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's right, folks. Get your two for one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com before they run out and then the price goes up. Finish your year of wellness in style at the Wellness Base Camp in Bendigo, Saturday, October 27. Tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you. And as always, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, but he is a bit of a larynx legend today. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> oh, brother, let us hear uh, your voice. Pierce, it's a little bit raspy, you'd have to say today. So there'll be no show from me today, I've got to tell you. We've got to put you, we've got to tuck you into bed, give you a bit of icory and honey and lemon in a, <laughs> and lemon, and some hot, hot water, and just, a uh, yeah, a bit of echinacea. What do you have? Some magic mushrooms as well? Yeah, I have some five mushrooms. I'll hit the Andrew and K. I'll go hard with a bit of uh, Benistat, which is that beautiful nutrition care liquid. It's got a bit of um, licorice and elecampane, plantain, elderflower, thyme, and yarrow, all the things for the lungs. Don't forget your turmeric. Turmeric, a bit of anti-inflammatory. We'll see how we go. I'll give it a red hot go. We'll take everything. So, so in 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 light of uh, uh, living the message here, we're going to wrap Damo in cotton wool, and instead, on this episode of One Hundred Not Out, we are going to feature Damo more than more than normal because we are going to play. Damien Christoph's grand opening to the 2018 Wellness Summit. You kicked off the summit, Damo, on the Saturday morning, and oddly enough, come Sunday, your voice was absolutely bent again. It was gone. It was absolutely gone. Absolutely gone. But that's because you just you left it all on stage um, at the summit <laughs> on Saturday morning. So, mate, you go off to bed, have a rest, and for all of our wonderful 100 Not Out listeners, here is Damien Christoph at this year's Wellness Summit. Here's one of the most incredible, intelligent, wise, loving entertaining human beings you will ever meet. Will you give it up for Dr. Damien Christoph? Thank you, mate. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Hey, you got a clicker? Thanks, mate. Thank you, mate. Woo! Oh, this is the song. I couldn't remember what song I had. I was trying to work it out. A bit of JT. Everyone like, who likes JT? Only a few people love it. I was going to have the Richmond uh, theme song on. Yeah, yeah. That's what I should have done. I was going to do it for Wendy, especially for Wendy. 
All right, it's amazing. Hey, it's great to be here. It's an amazing thing to be opening this gig. Um, are we getting feedback or is that all okay? We're getting a fair bit of feedback. Yeah, okay. Wait, well, I might stand, I don't know if I stand back here. No, keep going forward. All right, I'll just be here. So I haven't done this, and Brett and uh, Marcus rightly said that this is the first time I've done the opening part of the, of the summit, and it's a big deal. Like, I'm actually very, very nervous. Um, my mouth's very dry. Who's ever been nervous before? Have you ever felt stressed before? Yeah, I actually feel a little bit stressed. And through the week, I started to lose my voice, and I thought, oh, this is good, I might get out of it. And uh, <laughs> got a bit of snot, dry, you know, a bit of pain at the back, and so I hit the herbs, hit the vitamins, and went very hard, and that has other consequences if you have too many vitamins. <laughs> Who knows what that's all about? So I'm up here very tightly uh, walking around. Um, it's, uh, let's just say the vitamin C has worked. So PC said to me, Dame, I would love you to open the wellness summit. I've gone, wow, okay, yep, and uh, that's really good. I'd love to. And, um, and so I, I thought for a while, I thought, what do we need to hear? What do we need to hear? Because a couple of years ago, I um, actually, almost every summit that we've had, I've broken some kind of news. Like we broke the coconut oil news. You don't cook with coconut oil. Who remembers that one? Who's still pissed off with me about that one? Yeah. <laughs> Um, we, we spoke about the contraceptive pill, we've uh, spoken about microbiome, we've done a whole lot of different things and, and the thing that I've, I've uh, I suppose reflected on over this last two years of being out of the summit and kind of not being involved in, in these big audiences is kind of where wellness is heading. And you guys are champions of it, and you guys are all in there, and you're in the trenches, and, and we're all doing you know, the best we possibly can to be able to share um, the message and to be able to help everybody you know, go well. Sorry, Kenton, I'm hearing a lot of you, mate. Hearing you bucket loads. Anyway, so I'm, I'm very, very passionate about people getting the right information. I've seen a lot of people do things with wellness and, uh, and get it wrong. Um, I've seen a lot of people go down a wellness path and, uh, and kind of, you know, maybe get a little bit, not necessarily misled, but just found themselves in a bit of a trap, not knowing how to get out. And so I want to talk about, you know, that and give it some perspective. But I just want to also reflect on, you know, where we've come from. So seven years ago, when we all got together to, you know, to really get all this going, we, uh, we, kind of, we were almost virgin in the industry as well. We were chiropractors, I was a naturopath, I'd done some television, um, and that was kind of cool, that was really exciting. Um, I was on radio with Triple M, still on radio with Triple M. I don't do any TV anymore, I think it's because I've lost my hair, uh, but that's okay. Uh, but what, I, what we learned at that, po at that point was that you could almost say anything and it would become wellness information. And, uh, and so we were, we were thinking, oh, well, this is quite interesting. We better bring out a podcast or at least get to the forefront of it. And so we decided that we'd bring out the wellness guys and we'd, we'd try and bring some credibility to, the, you know, to this space that was about to be created. And I reckon we did a great job. Who listens to the wellness guys still? Who's listening to the wellness guys still? That's great, okay. Um, actually, who has never heard me speak before? Oh, quite a few of you, all right. Maybe I should tell you who I am. <laughs> All right, so I'll just stand here. All right. Some of you would have heard this before. All right, so I started my life in a very poor family. Uh, we, uh, we grew up in Dandenong. Anyone heard of Dandenong? Yeah, I escaped. I got out. And, uh, and so, and successfully, without too many stab wounds, which is great. I actually have a scar here, and, um, and it goes right through three ribs. And, uh, and I got that 
from doing some ironing. And, uh, but I tell people that I got stabbed in Dandenong, and uh, people believe me. So anyway, I, uh, I didn't do very well at school. I went through school and, and got to the end of school, and there was no universities in Australia that would accept me, except for Deakin University in Geelong, uh, and so I was grateful for them. And uh, they let me in, and I had long hair, and I decided that I'd surf a lot. Anyway, so I surfed heaps and experimented with herbs, expanded my consciousness, and, uh, and found myself with an appetite. And this is part of another talk that I do, but I just want you to know where I've come from. So I'm um, off a shoestring budget, $134 a fortnight, thanks to Ostudy. Um, I developed an appetite for lots of sweet things, particularly you know fruit like strawberries and cream uh, from Allen's and strawberry donuts and strawberry big M's, right? So that was kind of my background into wellness. And um, I developed this thing called... Um, Chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, now, it's interesting because chronic fatigue syndrome is a syndrome, so it's a collection of different symptoms that then eventually gets diagnosed as being something that's not understood, and so that you get a, a, an umbrella diagnosis that kind of then says, you've got it, so own it, it's now your diagnosis, you can keep it. And a lot of people run with that. Anyway, I wasn't prepared to run with that, so I went to see a naturopath. Mum took me to see a naturopath, and she paid. Um, it took me two and a half years to pass first year accounting. Uh, that's how much I loved accounting. And, uh, and, she, said, and she said I'd pay, and uh, so I said, oh, that's great, because I can't afford it. Our study doesn't pay enough. And I, so I went to this naturopath, David Fitz, and he said, Damien, your diet's very bad and he gave me some herbal tonics. And I had these herbal tonics, um, they kind of work like vitamin C does, if you know what I mean, and I, um, and I got better really quick, like really quick, and I thought, oh, that's amazing, so maybe I'll be a naturopath. Decided to be a naturopath, um, it was that easy those days, you just jump, and so I decided 20 years ago that I studied to be a naturopath, longer than that, actually, cheap as I'm old, and then I, uh, I got through, did naturopathy, it took me four years to get that job done, uh, which was good because it was a four-year course, and uh, so I, I knew that I had some smarts. I then uh, went to uh, one of the valleys, I thought I was going to the Yarra Valley, um, but I, I missed the turn and ended up in the Latrobe Valley, and I, uh, I set up a little shop there, and I was a naturopath there for a couple of years, and realised that the healthiest people that I saw saw the chiropractor around the corner. So I went around to this guy, his name was Gary Coleman, um, not from different strokes, a different Gary Coleman, he's a little bit taller. And Gaz is a superstar chiropractor in Point Cook now, and I, uh, I had a chat with him, and he said, Damien, the nervous system governs every single function in the body. If you don't have chiropractic care, or if your spine's not working properly, you can take all the vitamins, all the minerals that you like, and you won't be expressing as good a life. I'm like, okay. I'll go and study to be a chiropractor. So I decided I'd go study to be a chiropractor and I moved across to New Zealand and I was in New Zealand and, uh, and I, I picked up some of the language, um, some of their accents. Sometimes you hear me say words and I sound like I'm a Kiwi. Um, that's accidental, I don't mean it. Um, in fact, I've re tried really hard to take it out, but it's, somehow the Kiwis get in you and they're with you forever, which is nice. Anyway, I, uh, I spent a beautiful five years over in New Zealand and did a TV show over there called Downsize Me. And Downsize Me taught Everyday New Zealanders, Kiwis, how to eat food and lose weight, which is amazing. Can you believe that you can actually eat food and lose weight? So I, and then, and then I, so I flipped that and then I said, oh, how about I teach people to eat food and put on weight? And so I did that too. So I taught people to eat food and bulk up, get muscles on and uh, do all those sorts of things just with food. And I thought that was quite profound. I don't know if anyone else finds that profound, but um, it's certainly profound these days because most people are trying to do something. Anyway, I just taught them how to eat food, and, uh, and I share that now, that particular program I share on Wendy's Ways podcast, um, and we share that as a little program we're doing. It's quite successful. 
Um, off the back of uh, you know, doing my chiropractic course, I moved back to Australia and I read this article um, by a dietitian. Um, and in this uh, article, she said, why aspartame safe? And it was in the Women's Weekly, it was in the Australian's Women's Weekly, and, uh, and I was flying back on my Qantas plane and I was reading it because I was trying to catch up with nutrition information in Australia, because, you know, in Australia, whatever the media says, we do, right? And, uh, that's, and that's true, we just got a new government yesterday, uh, thanks to the media. <laughs> And, uh, and so we, uh, we like to follow what the media says, so I thought, let's find out what the dietitians are saying. And this particular dietitian said that aspartame was safe. And that she would prefer her children to eat aspartame than have sugar, because sugar uh, would, be part, would cause diabetes and, uh, and, and make her kids overweight and be part of the obesity epidemic. And that would be a bad thing. And that concerned me quite a lot, because I was thinking, well, surely sugar being more natural than artificial sweetener would be better for these little children's brains. Surely they don't need aspartame to fuel their brain. She went on to talk about the benefits of the two amino acids, aspartic acid and phenylalanine, and those amino acids, when bound together with methanol, make aspartame. Now, aspartame is known as Nutrisweet. Who's heard of that? Now, that clears all that up. You'll find that in uh, all the drinks that tell you that you could die if you have it. They're called diet drinks, right? So uh, <laughs> they will uh, they'll definitely nail you. Anyway, so there's a lot of research. Around about 400 studies um, uh, were at the time around um, speaking about the dangers of the consumption of, they would say too much, but just the consumption of aspartame. And, uh, and that really concerned me. We've now got other artificial sweeteners that claim to be natural, like that stevia stuff that's not really stevia, it's got erythritol in it. It's mainly, it's the sugar ferment or the ferment of the sugar fructose. Um, that's erythritol. Um, and that's 99% of the formula and there's a, a little bit of steviol glycoside. That's no good for you either. Anyway, I read through this article and she then said, I would much prefer my children to have this because there's 200 papers that talk of the safety of the consumption of aspartame. She then says it's dose dependent. So if it's dose dependent, as long as you don't have too much, it's going to be okay. Kind of like petrol. Like if you don't have too much petrol, it's going to be all right. It's a bit of you know, rocket fuel sort of thing. Anyway, I was a bit discouraged and I got to the end of the article and she said, uh, well, they didn't, she didn't say, it said proudly sponsored by the Coca-Cola group. So in one hand, we've got science saying it's bad for you. In another hand, we've got, I know that science says, oh, sorry, in one hand, it says that I, the science, science says it's good for you. And then I, I, know, I knew that it was science that said it was bad for you. But because of industry and media, people are now reading that it's safer to feed your children that. Who thinks that's concerning? I reckon it's concerning. So I decided that I needed to kind of continue to spread this message. And, uh, and so with Lawrence and Brett's help, uh, we got this going. And then Marcus, you know, came on board. And, and without Marcus, we wouldn't have what you guys are getting today. Like, there's just no way. And two years ago, Lawrence and I made a big decision to step down from the wellness couch. And, uh, and it was very sad for us to step down from the wellness couch. But we knew that in order for the wellness couch to grow and to continue to, to succeed, it needed two very highly skilled and highly motivated people like Marcus and Brett to run it. And so I'm eternally grateful for the boys that they've kept this going and kept the legacy going. So just, I'd just like to give a big round of applause to those guys again. Thank you. <laughs> so this little caterpillar um, spends the first part of his life and he's growing and uh, he's on a tree somewhere or maybe he's in a garbage tin somewhere um, and just eating scraps. And he hopes one day he's going to be a butterfly or a moth. He's not too sure what he's going to turn into. Just wrap himself up into a cocoon and, 
and off he'll go. Along the way, he'll get some information. He'll, uh, he'll pick up pieces of food and like, eat that. Some of that food will be good for him. Some of that food will be bad for him. He'll start to have an experience. It's unlikely you have diarrhea. It's unlikely you have constipation. He won't have irritable bowel syndrome or leaky gut. It's highly likely he could have depression because his mates die early. Um, but it's, uh, it's highly likely that he's going to have some kind of an experience on the planet, albeit pretty short. His end goal, his end goal is to turn into something that could fly. It's kind of nice, isn't it? Really nice. Anyway, so he wraps himself up in a little cocoon. He's had his meal and uh, he ends up coming out of, of the cocoon and he turns into a moth. A little bit disappointed by that. He was hoping he'd be a butterfly. Uh, he, you know, he's flying around late one night and there's a lot of lights around and he flies around and he flies into the podiatrist. And he goes into the podiatrist and, uh, and the podiatrist says, can I help you? And he says, yeah, um, I'm, I'm here to see you. And he, he said, well, what, what, what are you doing here? And he said, well, can we go into your room? And so he goes and sits down in his room. And so the moth and the podiatrist are chatting away. Could be the barefoot podiatrist, I'm not sure. But anyway, he goes in there and he says, uh, I'm a bit confused. You know, life's pretty tough. You know, I had hoped I was going to be a butterfly. I've read all this information if I ate these leaves and if I climbed this particular tree and if I, uh, I did X, Y and Z and I saw all this stuff, I heard that I'd become a butterfly. My mum, I understand, she got hit by a car the other day and she's dead. My best mate, he flew into a bug zapper. Like, <laughs> life's just a bit crappy. So I've been searching for information and that's why I'm here. And the podiatrist says, well, I'm a podiatrist and I think you actually need to see a psychologist. How come you came here to see the podiatrist? And the moth said, well, the light was on. <laughs> <coughs> now, <coughs> the reason I tell that story, because we see that mirrored in wellness. And this is where I want to get to, because you're going to learn a lot of stuff this weekend. We're going to learn a lot of stuff. It's like the drunk guy who's walking home from the bar, from the pub, and he drops his keys somewhere, and he's looking around everywhere. He's trying to find it. And he goes and he sees there's a lamppost. He looks underneath the lamppost, and he goes, I can't find my keys. And he's looking under the lamppost because that's where the light is, but that's not where his keys are going to be. But he only went to where the light was. We see that in wellness. In wellness, what we've got is we've got some amazing experts, and you'll see many of them this weekend, this weekend. And then we've got a whole bunch of people that don't know a whole lot that have got unbelievable Instagram accounts. <laughs> unbelievable. And they're spreading information. And there's still people out there that still believe that you can cook with coconut oil on high heat and still come out okay. And that's just the ignorance of what the research and the science tells us. So that means that there's people out there that are in the wellness industry still telling you information that's not true. And that concerns me. So I know that this weekend you're going to be exposed to some amazing information. I'd love you to just culture that and just kind of think about what it actually means. You don't have to have a bullshit radar on. You, you definitely don't need to do that. But don't lose the connectedness to yourself. When we're all a bit stressed and we're a bit dizzy and we're all kind of not too sure what's actually going on, in fact, when we're a bit overwhelmed, when we're a little bit stressed, and you've all said that you've been stressed before, we start to lose connectedness to self. And that's a concern. So let's just go through how we learn. How do we learn? So we learn through thoughts. So some great ideas around thoughts. And of course, we can uh, 
have great thoughts and, you know, learn from our thoughts. In fact, sometimes you'll tell yourself stories from thoughts. So I tell this great story uh, where I was walking down Lonsdale Street in Dandenong and, uh, and really what happened, I was about to get rolled for my, uh, for my kicks. I had these unbelievable Adidas kicks on and had an Adidas, uh, you know, torsion top on and I was... I was it in the 80s, and I was walking through Lonsdale Street, and I was about to cross the road, and I got surrounded by um, 12, maybe 50 um, different um, gang members. Uh, they were all wearing red bandanas, and so that was MC3, and I was uh, and I was trying to get away from these guys. And as I was about to walk through, one of them holds a flick knife to me and says, "Give us your shoes." And uh, and my mate Scott Hawker ran from the side and jumped in and said, "No, nah, this guy's okay. Let him go." So the reality of that story is that there was about four guys that surrounded me and said, can we have your shoes, please? And I said, no, you can't. They said, well, you better, otherwise we'll bash you up. And then Scott did come over and he said to me, this guy's all right, let him go. I told myself a story that it was 50 blokes holding flick knives at me and machetes and machine guns and I could have died that day. Who's ever told themselves a story that they started to believe? Yeah. So you'll hear stories. And one of the greatest things about stories is that they can inspire motivation, they can inspire change. And what you need to understand is that someone's experience is in fact a story. So my experience of chronic fatigue syndrome has now become a story. My experience about living in Geelong has become a story. And most of it, I think, is true. But I've, I've been telling that story for such a long time, there could be so, you know, a bit of cream cheese on the top. What you need to understand is that a story isn't a prescription. Who understands what I'm talking about? Someone's experience is not necessarily going to be your experience. So just because somebody decided they were going to have some sauerkraut doesn't mean that sauerkraut's going to be good for you. Just because somebody decided to make some kefir doesn't mean that kefir is going to be right for you. So I want you to like have your ears and your eyes open. It's very, very important. Who knows what I'm talking about? This is important. We're setting the foundation for the weekend. You're going to get a heap of information. We're going to learn through other stories. Obviously, the thoughts and stories, they, they go together. And then there's anecdote. So anecdote, I suppose, is one of the most powerful ways in which we can learn. And that's why you guys are all here today, because you've heard other stories and other people's experience, and you're here to kind of learn and to tap into some of that experience. Who would agree with that? Yep. Who's felt a little bit lost in where you're going with your health and well-being? All right. So who's actually certain with where you're going with your health and well-being? Totally certain. Know exactly where you're going. Wow. So I'd love you to think about it. Maybe we can just take a second or two just for you to think about what it is that you want to get from this weekend. And then what it is that you actually want to get from your wellness journey. Because people say to me, Damien, I want to lose weight. People say to me, I want to get my diabetes under control. People say to me, I want to change my body shape. People say to me, I want to feel better. And then my ultimate question after that is why? What is it that you want? So I've done vegan. I've done vegetarian. I've dabbled with... Actually, I, I would have been paleo before it was even called paleo. Um, I did some Marxist and stuff. I've played with all of it. I haven't done cold showers. Um, there's a few things that I you know, refuse to do. Brett can do all those sorts of things. But then I ask myself, why am I doing it? And Marcus and my goal is to live a long time. Um, not that we're married. Um, we could be one day, you never know. <laughs> so we'll see how lucky he is. And, uh, and so, but my goal is to live a long time. That's what I would like to do. So then I look and I explore and I, I wonder, what are those people doing that are living a long time? What are they doing? 
So when we go to Greece, we go to Ikaria, and we walk through the caverns and we're surrounded by all of these beautiful trees and we look into the, into the caverns and we look around and we, we check it all out. We look up into the ravines and there's no koalas and there's no uh, kangaroos, no drop bears, there's no drop goats, there's maybe some goats over there. Um, there's no coconut trees in Greece. That means they can't be paleo. <laughs> Some of them are living beyond 100. They could be living to 120 years old, but they're not paleo. We go to Sardinia and we walk around in the ravines and we climb all the hills and we look at all the goats and we you know, look at their olive trees and their vineyards growing along the ground and it's all amazing. They're eating bread. They kill a goat. That means they can't be vegan. In fact, we don't know yet if there is a culture anywhere in the world that's been vegan and lived a long time. Marcus and I haven't found them yet. We're looking. So then I ask you, what is the reason why you want to do this stuff? Why do you want to be well? And what's it going to be? What's the benefit for you? What's the drawback? Do you want to, you know, take beautiful photos of green smoothies with your bikini on and, uh, and get yourself an Instagram account and be famous? Um, is that what you want to do, sitting in the corner, sucking on a green smoothie all by yourself because your mates don't want to hang out with you? Is that what you'd like to do? Or would you like to incorporate some of this information into your lifestyle and embrace the whole nature of community and family so that you can live a long, well life? I'd love you to think about it. I won't stop because I haven't got much time. In Australia, we're really polarising. Who's found that? You're either right or wrong. You're black or white, good or bad. Um, as a chiropractor, I'm really bad. Um, you know, people try to ban us and outlaw us all the time. And, uh, and it's fascinating because when we are polarized, when we are actually polarizing, people actually move away from you. Actually, they don't tend to move towards you. In Australia last year, there was actually not last year, the year before, there was a survey done to understand how many people were following the paleo diet. And 7% of all Australians had actually heard of the paleo diet, had heard of it. Of that 10% of that 7% were actually still doing the paleo diet. That's not a whole lot of people. I reckon Pete's message is unreal, and I reckon the message that Brett shares is unreal, and I reckon the message that we might get from Lauren Cordain or from Rob Wolf, that's a great message because it brings us back to eating healthy food, and I think that's fantastic. But because it became such an identifiable, polarizing program, not, not enough people did it. Who understands what I'm talking about there? And so my wish for you is that you don't become polarizing. Don't become evangelist. Don't go out there and wear a little sign on your front saying, if you're, a vegan, if you're not a vegan, you're killing animals. Maybe you are. Get out there and spread the message through your communities and your family and your friends. I think that's really important without being polarizing. The polarizing stuff is the stuff that actually uh, makes people you know, want to disengage. Try and be more embracing. When people are out in the outer, they're stressed. And we know that stress is a cycle. Um, have you seen my Crack Your Stress Code series? Have you heard me do that before or seen me do that? Some of you will know. So you start in stress, and, and if you're stressed enough, that means you, you care enough. Like, if you're stressed, you care. If you're not stressed, you don't really care. So if people go, oh, no, I'm not really stressed, it probably is that you don't really care. When you're stressing out, like when you're overwhelmed a little bit, um, that's when things start to get a little bit out of control because you're now not managing stress. So you'll graduate from stress into overwhelm and that graduation process into overwhelm is where things start to go wrong. This is where we start to get disconnected from ourselves. 
And so at any cost, you don't want to become disconnected to yourself or from yourself. Because at that point, you start to lose compassion. So as you start to lose compassion, um, we start to lose the ability to show compassion. You start to be, I suppose, less tolerant of other people and less tolerant of ideas. And that's, uh, that's pretty ordinary. So if you start to be overwhelmed, you start to disengage because life becomes more about you rather than the things that you're stressed about. As you graduate through that level of stress from anxiety, you go to something called insomnia. And some of you in this room will experience insomnia at different times. Some of you don't fall asleep at night. Some of you have, a, a, you know, you're at the point now that stress has graduated so much so that instead of moving your bowels too much, you're now not moving your bowels enough because your body's starting to wind back. You're starting to get really tired and so you're now in insomnia. Can't get to sleep, can't stay asleep, wake up tired. Who knows what I'm talking about? This is a graduation process. And to get through that, you've got to unwind to get back. At this point, you're going to start to lose connection. When you start to lose connection, you start to withdraw. And, uh, and as a result of losing connection and withdrawing, you now don't have your networks around you. You don't have your people. You don't have your tribe. And it's the people, the tribe, that are going to prop you up and help you on your journey and keep you going. It's the people in this room, all of our exhibitors and our podcasters, that are going to keep you going. That's your community. Who's found that it's difficult to have these conversations with your everyday mates? Yeah. Do they think you're crazy for spending a whole weekend at the Wellness Summit? Why would you do that? Just come and get pissed with me at the footy. That's what Wendy said to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there we go. You can spot the Hawthorne supporter, right? There you go. (laughs) So when you lose your connection, you've got no one to rest on. And it's the people that you rest on, the people that prop you up, they're the ones that actually help you get through it because healing, surprisingly, is not linear. These are really important. So the other day I was doing a Facebook Live with Wendy and I was reflecting on the Facebook Live for quite some time because there were some really great questions that were asked on this Facebook Live. One of the questions was, how much weight do I need to lose? I was like, wow, that's a, that's a profound question. Because this person uh, who asked the question is prepared to lose as much weight as what I said that she should lose. I mean, she's disconnected. So I said, how much weight do you want to lose? And so the next comment was, well, I've lost, I know she's actually lost over 100 kilograms already. I did a TV show with her. She's beautiful. I love her. And she said, well, I've got 17 kilograms of skin that I've got to chop off. And when I lose that 17 kilograms of skin, I'm going to be, you know, X amount of weight. And I don't really know how much more weight I need to lose after that. So since that time I've connected with her and I've said, you know, why do you want to lose the weight? What is it? And it's all out of fear. It's not driven by passion or purpose. I don't want to die. I don't want to get diabetes. I don't want to have cancer. It's all fear driven, which is what we do in Australia. We have health scare, not health care. You know, if you don't get this jab, you'll get this disease. If you don't get that organ cut out, it'll get cancer. If you don't do this, then you're going to die. And so that sort of approach of health care or health care is, uh, is disempowering. So I said to this lady, I said, what, what would make you feel unbelievable? She said, well, I just want to feel good again. I said, what's that going to feel like when you get there? So when you go through that whole process of what it's going to feel like, 
And then somebody asked me, why do I keep putting on weight? And I was like, that's the same question. How much weight do I need to lose? Why do I keep putting on weight? And that, that question or the answer is because there's a lack of connectedness to yourself. You don't actually know what it feels like to feel good again. Because you're stuck over here in this insomnia phase, moving into the depression phase, like the, the another graduation, you actually lost that ability. So ponder that for a moment. What is it that you really, really want? I mentioned to somebody the other day that she'd lost a lot of weight and she said, you know, I, can, I tend to rebound. I'll rebound backwards and forwards. And I said, you rebound because it takes time for your nerves to grow back to where they should have been. It took time for the nerves to grow out. You'll lose weight so much faster than what you will model your or remodel your nerves. So you'll have nerves that are out here somewhere that should have been back here somewhere. Does that make sense? It takes 12 months for those nerves to grow back to where they're supposed to be. 12 months. That means you've got to keep your weight off for at least that period of time for everything to be right again. And that's just the nerve part of it, not the hormone part of it, the muscle part of it, the skin part of it. There's a lot of stuff that's got to take place. Healing takes time. This cycles. And you'll notice that sometimes you'll lose weight or you'll get into health and you do some really great things very, very quickly and things will move rapidly and then there'll be a pause. Some people have had pauses in their well-being journey. Who's had a pause in their well-being journey? And that can be disconcerting, disgruntling, upsetting, frustrating. But you've got to come back to your purpose and the reason that you actually want to get these things done. Does that make sense? If you come back to it, you'll get it right. I think one of the other great things to understand is that we're unique. Totally unique. None of us are the same. And one of the things that concerns me is that people will do a program. Now, there's many programs out there that I think are absolutely fantastic and they get things going. But you might get to the end of the program and you might ask yourself, well, what's next? And so the danger that we face, I suppose, in wellness is that there's so much information out there that you might just go to the next program. Or you might just go to the next blogger. Or you might just go to the next Instagrammer. Or you might go to the next whoever. And what that means is that you miss out on somebody to say to you, hang on a second, this may have gone too far. Or this may not be the best approach for you because this is the other stuff that's going on. And so there's a reason why people, uh, I suppose, you know, go to school and do university to learn a bit more information. So we want Instagrammers and we want bloggers to get you guys excited. That's really important. We want you to, you know, make some change and create some noise and get your body better. That's really important. We love that. But if you get the story wrong, you can make a bad decision. So there's four blokes the other day that I was interviewing for a job. And uh, these four blokes were really smart blokes. I had them sitting over on a couch over there and I said to you, I said to these blokes, I said, fellas, the person who gives me the best answer here, tells me the best story, will get the job. And they've gone, oh, cool, cool. And I said, what's the fastest thing on the planet? What's the fastest thing you've ever seen? Just want you to think about it. The first guy said to me, Damien, I reckon it's a thought. It's a thought. When you think, that's fast. Like, that's super fast. Like, how fast is a thought? I said, mate, that is so fast. That's, that's very quick. It's clever. The second guy goes, yeah, that's pretty quick. But, you know, what about a blink? A blink is, like, unbelievably fast. You can blink even before you think, right? Who's ever blinked? And then tried to think about why they were blinking. <laughs> right? It's super fast. I then said to the third guy, I said, what do you reckon? 
He said, it's got to be electricity because if I flick a switch, the light's on over there straight away and that's even quicker than a blink or a thought. I've gone, wow, good stories. This is good. You're all really smart. You're really smart. I've got it. And then the fourth guy said to me, Damien, I reckon it's diarrhea. <laughs> and I said, what do you reckon? Why are you saying diarrhea? And he said, well, the other night, I didn't have time to think, blink, or turn the light on. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say, for example, I was uh, led to believe that uh, one of those stories would help me govern the way in which I direct my health care. Imagine I did that, because one of them was a great answer, the other one was a probably spot-on answer, the other ones were interesting answers. If I followed those particular answers, um, I would get a particular story and then maybe a particular prescription of a way in which I could live my life and, and be who I'm going to be. And they might all just be um, great programs. Now, the Forage Four Week Challenge, which I run with Wendy, is a program. I don't, want the, I don't want to get this, you know, I don't want to mince my words here. It's a program. But it's not the total fix. It's not the total fix. Cindy's program is a program. It's a program and it's amazing and it gets great results. And it's not the total fix. There's other stuff you want to be doing to mop it all up. And this weekend, you should be getting exposed to other stuff that gets to mop up the loose ends. Does that make sense? And I'd implore you to seek the help of professionals to get you across the line. The difference being here is that you need to find a professional that's going to match your journey. Because who's been to the GP and said, oh, I'll take vitamin C or just something like that. And the GP goes, don't take vitamins. They can kill you. Who's ever been to the chiropractor or been to the chiropractor and the chiropractor's done an adjustment? You've gone to um, the GP and said, oh, I just went to the chiropractor and the, the doctor's gone, oh, don't see a chiropractor. They'll rip your head off. <laughs> All those horror stories. So you've got to find yourself a practitioner that's going to be with you on your journey and matches your value system. Does that make sense? We can all do it free. The information's all there. You can go as free as you like. But at some point to get you across the line based on where you want to be, is it just weight? Is it longevity? Is it reduction in cholesterol? Is it the removal of type 2 diabetes? Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're here this weekend for, you'll get a bunch of the work done with the information that we're going to share with you. And then at some point, you're going to find a mentor, someone who's going to drag you along, more than someone that you listen to. Yeah? It's important. How long does this take? Nine months? How long does it take? 18 years. <laughs> longer. Yes, longer. Yeah, it's amazing. I was reflecting on this the other day. I can't remember who I was with. Um, I was actually with a, uh, with a hypnobirther, Julie, Julie Christopoulos. And she said, uh, we're just talking about gestation periods. And we're just talking about this. And, um, and I said, don't you find it fascinating that you go to the doctor and the doctor says, uh, you say to the doctor, I'm pregnant. And the doctor says, oh, great, uh, private or public? And, uh, and you go, oh, private. They go, oh, this is the list of obstetricians. And uh, then you call up an obstetrician, you go and have a meeting with the obstetrician, and the obstetrician said, well, when did you have sex last? And uh, he said, I don't know, well, when's your period? Oh, it was then. Okay, we'll take it back two weeks, and your due date's multiplied by this, and so you're due on this day. Wow, that's incredible. And if you're not due on that, if you don't come, you know, if you don't have birth on that day, which, by the way, 5% of Australian babies are born on their due date, 
Um, that means that the other 95% got it wrong. And um, <clears throat> if you're not born on that due date, then we'll set you up for a C-section. We'll book the C-section on this date. And there's a hospital in Australia that's got a goal to have a 50% C-section rate. Yeah, I know, right? The biggest hospital in, in Melbourne, helping women birth children, has a C-section goal, target. Target of 50%. No one knows how long gestation is supposed to take. The child knows, the baby knows. And if there's problems, then we want to take it out for the safety of the mother and the safety of the baby. However, when women or families, husbands as well, or partners go down that journey and they're told, then they're disempowered. They're disengaged. They get stressed. They lose that compassion component. They're now not going to seek the information because they've been told what they need to know. There's a big gap in there in terms of information. Does that make sense? If you go to a practitioner and you get a diagnosis, all of a sudden you're told and that's what it is. And so now you own that diagnosis, if you choose to. And the problem with owning that diagnosis is that's what you're working on forever, is that diagnosis. And that's not right. That's not what's meant to happen. It's meant to be a suggestion of what may be going on, and science is meant to help us understand a few things, but make us ask better questions. Not just give us all of the answers and go, oh my gosh, that's evidence-based medicine. That must be the answer. That's the way we've got to go. Because nobody knows how long a baby takes to grow. Even these little guys. I took this picture because I watched a documentary the other day. It really disturbed me. But even these little guys come out at different times. Even though all the eggs go into incubation, they all come out at different times. So the interesting thing about nature is that it's absolutely unique and all of our experiences are totally different. And so I'd love you to just think about that, what it is that you want. What journey are you going to be able to create for yourself? Create a unique, personalised experience. Speak to the presenters here today, speak to the experts. You can speak to some of the people that will motivate you and inspire you and listen to those people. And some of the information that you're going to hear will get you going and will get you absolutely revved up to just tackle this whole wellness thing, which would be great. But don't let those stories be the only information that you hear or that you seek because it's part of the story. This is the big part of the story. I'd love you to go into this weekend with an open heart and an open mind. Think about what it is. It's not a radar, but you know what sounds right and you know what sounds wrong. You need to get back in touch with yourself and listen to that because that's going to dictate and guide the way in which you're going to make decisions. And this weekend should put you back on the track for that. Thank you very much. Thank you, mate. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.